Morning, church. Good to see you this morning. This is our second service here at our new facility here at 1807 Erie, and we're glad that you're here uh, to be a part of it. Now, we just sang that God does great things. Do you believe that? Okay, then tell me, what has he done? He saved you. That's a good one. All right, somebody, uh, can I have a mic, please? Who's got a mic? Here you go. I think we can sing these kinds of things, and yet uh, it's important that we understand that God is doing great things. So what I want you to think about is something small this week that God did in or through you, but it's actually something great. Okay? Well, God, you do great things. All right, who's first? Something small that God did just this week to remind us that, in fact, he is doing great things. We don't just sing about it. We're living it. He refreshed my spirit. Amen. Isn't that nice when he sends that breeze of refreshing across? The... Yes. Good. That was a great thing. Somebody else, give me something great that God has done just this past week. Okay, we're coming back. He helped me con- uh, conquer my anxiety and fears. He helped you conquer your anxiety and fear. Anybody in that same boat with anxiety and fears? Yes, that is a great thing. And now we're going to trust him this week for the same victory, right? Yeah, good. All right, one more. Hey, Rachel. This might be a bit much for everyone, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> so the stomach bug went around in our family, and I, being you know nine months pregnant, did not want to throw up. And I prayed and asked God that I would not get it, and I didn't get it like everybody else did. I got some other stuff, but I did not throw up. So praise the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Isn't that a great thing? Yeah, yeah, yes. Grant says, amen. (laughs) But I think we need to be reminded when we're singing these kinds of songs, it's important that we put some feet to them. God, you do great things. Not for the person beside me or in front of me or in back of me. You're doing great things in each of us all the time. Fantastic. Uh, I've been trusting the Lord to do great things this weekend. Uh, Sam is away with 16 youth leaders and youth at a retreat uh, from our district, and they are at Forest Springs Camp, which is uh, just a few miles west of Tomahawk. I was born in Manaqua, so I know that area fairly well. In fact, Jim Clinton knows that camp really well, Uh, but that's where they are, and uh, they'll be back this afternoon. And in fact, uh, on February 13th, uh, the youth will be leading our service because we are convinced that the children that we have, whatever age, are the church now. And so we're looking forward to that on February 13th. Amy Vang is our children's ministry director. Amy, where are you? Come on up. Again. Amy was subbing this morning on the worship team. Thank you, Amy. Amy. 
Uh, you got to change hats again. Yeah. Uh, so our kids have been dismissed to Kid Connect. What is Kid Connect? Uh, it's where you throw your kids in the Sunday morning. <laughs> no, it's where kids go uh, with their leaders and learn more about God and hopefully bring it home so that parents can continue that journey with them uh, because we are a partnership with the parents here. So it's not just to drop your kids off, but it's to partner with you and hopefully they enjoy and they come back because they want to learn more about Jesus and spend time with their friends and family um, in one church, one body. Good. And what ages? Rush us through, say, zero on up. What do sure. we have? Sure, zero to two kids? or two and a half. Uh, you are in nursery. You put your children or your kids in there. If you are three and over uh, to fifth grade, uh, about 10, 11, you belong in the kid, kid group, Kid Connect, which is called the deck. We call it the deck back there. So if you hear us saying the deck, that means the kid area, okay? Those are the age groups. Very good, mm-hmm. very good. And something for the folk here about what kids mean to you and kids knowing Jesus. What does that mean to you? Right. Having my own children has opened my eyes to see how important it is to have Jesus as a center um, in their lives. So, I mean, it's only been four years, but it's been hitting my heart, you know, and I love it when heart comes home and she tells me all the great things that she's learned. Um, It brings a, a smile to my face that she's learning about God and my church is helping with that while I'm on the other side helping her when she's not at church. So it breaks my heart when, you know, kids don't know about God and Jesus. And so we're all here as one family to help them on their journey. It's not a one-person team. It's not just for parents, but we're all in it together. And we definitely cannot do it with, you know, without any of you guys, whether through prayer or through volunteer. Good. Good. Thank you, Amy. And lastly, something practical. Uh, We're introducing refreshments. I can see them preparing them right out there. And uh, do I hear rumors that sometimes parents forget to pick up their kids after the service because they're really busy fellowshipping, which is really good? Which is really good, but... The volunteers over there, they want to come out and start talking, too. They've been stuck with the kids for a couple hours. So if you guys can remember to pick up your kids, and then you guys can socialize, that would be great. Or, you know, send someone else, like your, your friend. I'm just kidding. But do not send a friend, okay? That person needs a sticker to pick up your kids. We're not going to release them. And if that child still has a sticker on and they're running around, guess where they're going to be. They're going to be right directly. You know, they're going to take them back to the kid's room until you come pick them up again. So we're going to keep your kids safe, but please remember to pick up your kids. No (laughs) kids left behind. Okay? Thank you. I have two. I don't need more. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Good, good, good. Building dedication services don't happen every Sunday, for which I am very, very grateful. I'm grateful for that. But today, we are privileged to be part of something uh, rather historic, a building dedication. And what is that? We'll be talking about that in just a moment. But today, this day, is a result of lots of prayer, 
lots of hours of labor and sacrifice and generosity and the provision, the protection of God uh, through this process of these last months. It's a time to remember. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time to thank God for all that he has done and all that he's going to do. And we are grateful to God for nearly 55 years of ministry uh, through this church in this particular community. And nearly 55 years now. Now, much has changed in the last 55 years, uh, but the message of this church has not changed. Has not changed. And today we acknowledge God's past faithfulness, as we just sang about, uh, but we also look forward to how he will continue to use this church for his honor and for his glory in the years to come. Here's what the psalmist wrote. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. That's what we've been doing. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Oh, Lord, what great works you do. Isn't that fantastic? And I hope as you look into your heart, you're saying that same thing that's resonating right now in your heart. And next week, we're going to give thanks with and for those who have worked so hard on our behalf. And there's going to be some contractors and architects and folk here, and we're going to thank them publicly uh, for their role in putting all of this together. So it's going to be a a special time next week. Uh, The psalmist wrote, This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. We thank God, and we celebrate today what God has done, but understanding it becomes a launch pad then for what he is going to do. God's not through yet. No, 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 no. This is a new beginning in a whole bunch of different ways. While we remember, we also anticipate, and those go hand in hand. I've been around here long enough to know that Arise is not a wealthy church. I don't think there are many multimillionaires out there unless you've been holding out on us for some time. No, but I do know that Arise is a rich church, rich in its spiritual heritage and its relationship with God and its role in this community. And so as only the sixth lead pastor of Southside now arise in the last 55 years, I want to tell you I'm forever grateful and humbled by the Lord for all that he has done. And with that, I can anticipate what he will do. I've simply built on the foundation of faithful men and women who have served here over the last 55 years and many others who have been sent from here to serve in other places around the world. So as we take a moment to reflect, uh, I think it's important that we put into proper perspective uh, what we're doing here because it's not about us and it's not about now. It's about those who have come before us, who have sacrificed greatly so that we could be at this moment and we take our place in what is going to happen next. Right? So... Bernard of Chartres was a 12th century philosopher, and here's what he said. We are like dwarves. We, like dwarves, are seated on the shoulders of the giants. We see more things than the ancients, things more distant. But it is due neither to the sharpness of our sight nor the greatness of our stature. It is simply because they have lent us their own. I think it's rather profound giving appreciation for those who have gone before, when we honor those who have paved the way for this moment, for what is happening today and what will happen in the future. Uh, They have sacrificed, they have given, they have served, they have prayed, they have labored, and now this becomes a result. 
And please join me with a little brief stroll down memory lane because I think it's so very important that to know where we're going, we have to understand where we've been because God works in that kind of linear fashion. He's building from today what will happen tomorrow. And so it's always good for me to think back and just reflect for a moment. So this won't take long. In 1967, the Christian Missionary Alliance, of which we're a part, the district office purchased the building at 2016 South 11th Street here in Sheboygan, which would become later Southside Alliance Church. It was founded using home Bible studies, which allowed many to find Jesus, uh, to grow in Jesus, and to connect with the community. We go then into the 80s. After taking out a mortgage to purchase that building in 1987, just four years after, Southside successfully paid off the mortgage for that property after just four years. The congregation looked outward. So as they continued to look at the surrounding communities, uh, how could we make a difference, they thought back then. And they looked toward Plymouth. And so there was an intentional church plant effort in Plymouth, and the result is the Plymouth Alliance Church, as you drive by there on 23. The Hmong Community Alliance Church has had a special relationship with Southside since the 70s through the 80s, and let's pick it up now in the 90s. Plans for expansion began in order to care for the congregation. There was fervent praying. In fact, the elders of this church prayed every single week in the early morning hours for an extended period of time, believing God for what would happen next. It was that kind of prayer uh, that caught God's attention, I am sure. And so there was much planning, long meetings, generous giving by a whole bunch of faithful people. And in 1995, the South 11th Street building was sold to the Hmong Community Alliance Church. Southside moved to Sheboygan County Christian High School, where they continued to meet uh, after much prayer and many miracles. Four years after meeting in that temporary facility, land was purchased and that building constructed. And in 1999, uh, Christmas Eve opened for the very first time. Then in the 2000s, God continued to move as my predecessor, Pastor Dan Crom, led with a heart for the lost and a love for God's word. And after 18 years of ministry, uh, he uh, was privileged to send out Scott and Katie Wiggins and family to serve overseas where they continue. And more recently, uh, we have sent out Greg Emley, Rick Cooney, Chris McKinster, Jesse Dowdy, and their families. And all of these guys are pastoring Alliance churches around the country uh, today. And so uh, this is a sending church. Many interns have come through here. Many members have gone out to serve around the world. I think of Anna Reiskatel. I think of sending Thai teams out. I think of sending teams out within the U.S. in disaster relief. We have been a sending church. It's a part then of our DNA. In fact, in just two weeks, uh, Sam is going to France uh, to uh, fulfill his requirement for exposure to the international work overseas. And he'll be there for about 10 days. Uh, with my family, I've had the privilege of living in France. Uh, there will be about 3% of the French population who will be in church on Sunday, 3%. So it's officially declared an unreached people group. And in my opinion, it's a picture of where America is headed unless God changes things dramatically. 
And so that great country, once sending, sending, sending to all parts of the world, the good news of Jesus is now in desperate need. So Sam will complete his lead training, and Sam then will be launched from here. Sam and Amber and family will join uh, that great group of people who will be pastoring Alliance churches here and there. And so this past year has been quite a journey for us. Wouldn't you say yes to that? We, after years and years of praying and waiting on the Lord, we made the decision: sell our campus, right? Purchase this property, change our name, and embarked on a new God-sized assignment. All during a global pandemic. Now, uh, church folk around who have heard our story, like this is really weird, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you. To do what we've done this past year has required so much faith and sacrifice. A lot of transition for you. I understand that. Thank you for staying by this stuff. A whole lot of prayers and sweat and tears and trust. Many of you have participated in so many different ways. Some of you have participated financially in all this. And and, uh, we are going to continue to give in that spirit of generosity. Uh, We're not passing the plates uh, we, we still believe that's probably something that's not on the horizon. Uh, but you give back there, and that's the way to do that, either online. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. So many of you have given and blessed, and those monies are valuable to expand the kingdom of God. God doesn't need them, but he's looking for our faithfulness, our faithfulness in that whole process. As you noticed, uh, there's nothing in the seat back in front of you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Nothing to doodle on and nothing to, when you get bored during the message and you're just kind of wondering, what should I do now? Sorry, nothing there, right? Nothing to write with, all right? That's all happening uh, right back there. So what is the essence of Rise Church? If you look around, uh, our desire is to be multi-generational and multicultural. That's very important to us. We come from many different church backgrounds, Some of us come from no church background at all. We come from various parts of the country and world. In fact, Carol uh, had the best description of this church that I have ever heard. Uh, We were in a meeting looking at the future of the church. And and Carol, uh, what did you call this church? A home for stray dogs. So we're a bunch of stray dogs. I thought, that is excellent. That is fantastic. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. Just a bunch of strays running around, right? But focused on Jesus. But focused on Jesus. And so thank you for that. I have used that in meetings and in other conversations. Thank you. That was a very apt description. There are two things that draw us together. The first is Jesus. The first is Jesus. The second is the mission of Jesus. That's what connects us uh, together as a church body, all of Jesus for all the world. And so we become the body of Christ. We become the hands and feet of Jesus to serve him. Arise has always reached out to those in need, orphans and widows and feeding and clothing the hurting, visiting prisoners, serving both the poor and the prosperous, with our goal always being to demonstrate the good news of Jesus. How does this all play out in our world? Arise is a place where people connect, help, encourage, build each other up, and I hope you call it home. Now, God has blessed Arise for the past 55 years because we have not forgotten our first love. Our first love must remain Jesus. 
Jesus. It's all for him. Greater things are still to come. I'm absolutely convinced of that. In Christ arises best days are just ahead of us. So we open our hearts and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And so this morning, uh, let's just for a brief moment, uh, take a trip back to another building program about 3,000 years ago. It's another place in another time. We read about it in First Chronicles chapter 29 at the dedicate, dedication of the temple of the Lord 3,000 years ago. Materials and money were gathered. Everything was ready. And in First Chronicles 29, we see... Uh, that David gathered and his son Solomon would eventually build that temple. The people of Israel had given generously. They had experienced God's presence. They had experienced God's glory. But we understand from there God never gives us blessings from above to put into storage here. That's not the way he operates. He never gives us <laughs> those things from heaven so that we might hold on to them. It doesn't work that way. Blessings are always given to be given away. And if God has blessed you, what are you supposed to do with it? Bless others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. God said to another key figure named Abraham, we just sang that song, I will bless you and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. That's the way God operates. He blesses, right? So he gets the glory, but he intends for us to turn right around and give that blessing away to someone else. Blessings are given to give away as the blessee becomes the blessor. It is more blessed to give than to receive, Jesus said, right? And I know you know that. That's who we are. God has richly blessed us with this wonderful facility. I hope you're getting used to it, figuring things out. Uh, we say, thank you, Lord. We must now use it to be a blessing to our neighbors, both here and around the world. This day of dedication is certainly not an end, but a beginning. Back to First Chronicles 29. The temple is not just a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. Now, we understand from last week, God does not dwell in any building made by human hands. We do understand that. But the principle is still very clear. This is a house, a place for God to meet with us in a corporate sense. He's meeting with us all week long, all the time. But as we come together, this is something unique. And so the temple became a visible way for the world to be introduced to the true and living God. The temple was for that. We all know, again, God doesn't dwell in buildings. He's much bigger than that. And so uh, if we say, uh, this is the church and this is the steeple, open the doors and there's all the people. It, It might be wonderful for kids, but it's absolutely terrible theology. Terrible theology. Because we know that building is not the church, right? And we discussed that last week. This is just the place where God meets to meet with us. Now, he's meeting with us constantly, but there's something that happens when we do this together corporately. This is a building built by human hands, but built to bring God the glory. This building is a sign, in fact, pointing others to God. It's a tool that God wants to use to touch a community. That's the purpose of the building. It's a bridge to reach out into a world to people who desperately need God's love. That's what it's about. It's a key to unlock the hurts of those without hope found it intriguing. Uh, we had an elders meeting uh, two weeks ago. And as we're meeting Tuesday night, in comes a couple. I've never had a couple barge into an elders meeting uh, before. That was interesting. 
Uh, they said, hey, are you open? And the elders are looking at them like, uh, uh, this is really weird. They said, uh, we need some help. Can you help us? And to watch those men respond with such generosity brought such great joy to my heart because regardless of who those people were and what their need was, I believe in that moment God was testing the leadership of this church. I'm going to bring you people right in your face. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do when they say, I'm hurt, I have a need? How are we going to respond with the love of Jesus? That, to me, was just a really, really cool moment. Don't you think, John? Wasn't that cool? Yeah. And these guys just said, okay, what can we do? Here's how we're going to do this. Boom, 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 boom. Right? And I believe that God was testing us in that moment. I believe there's much, much more to come. And this coming Tuesday, uh, the Kiwanis Park Neighborhood Association will be meeting here. Three weeks ago, we had the Erie Hill Neighborhood Association meeting here, and we're discussing ways that we can help impact the community. And just this past Tuesday, a few days ago, uh, the city invited us to sit down uh, to be part of a task force to look at the overall strategy to develop social services community-wide. And we were invited to the table to be a part of that discussion. So I want you to know there are things happening behind the scenes. Uh, We're getting a greater understanding of why we're here and what God wants us uh, to do. This becomes in a base for launching missions, giving, and going. God has put us right here for a reason with great purpose. And go we must. Jesus himself has told us to go into all the world and make disciples. That is his command. Go into a world of hurting hearts and broken lives and shattered dreams and make a difference there. And so we want to be proactive in addressing the needs of the community. We want to get our hands dirty. We want to make a difference. We want to resist silence. There's so much silence except for the wrong voices out there. We don't want to be silent. We want to become part of the solution. We want to be a positive influence. We can't do it by talking. We can't do it by sitting. We must go, and God has given us that assignment to go into all the world with the love of Jesus. I think we're up to it. I really do. I think he has brought us to this point strategically for such a time as this. And so what we want to do is dedicate this facility today. Say, how do you do that? Well, we just pray. Not just pray. We pray and we give it back to God because it belongs to him. But before we can ever dedicate anything to God, you know what he wants first? Before we dedicate something to God... What do we have to do? No? Dedicate ourselves. We have to dedicate ourselves first. And back to First Chronicles 29, in that passage, in verse 5, David issued this challenge. How many of you are willing to set yourselves apart to the Lord today? So on the day of a temple dedication, he's saying, how many of you are willing to set yourself apart? Because we are his body, Right? God's far more interested in, than a dedicated life than any building. He doesn't really give a rip about that. He's interested in a dedicated life. And so I ask you, as the light of Jesus penetrated the darkness of the sin in your heart? Has the light of Jesus penetrated the darkness that exists in each of our hearts?
as his light shone there, the truth that he, in fact, is just who he says he is, the Savior of the world. Here's how John put it. Jesus gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Do you know this Jesus? Do you know him? He is the light of the world. And I trust that light is emanating from each of us, from all of us together, the light emanating. If you don't know this Jesus, we'd like you to know that that's our mission, to introduce you to Jesus. And if you have questions, we'd like to take you to the Word of God for the answers to those questions. And if you're not sure, we'd like to give you some sense of certainty about all of this. How do you know Jesus? What does it mean to follow him? We'd love to be able to share that with you. So please, that's what we're about. That's who we are. Ask the question, and we'll take you to the word of God for the answer. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now we get that. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and that he is. But then he turned right around. He said, you are the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Then he says, you are the light of the world to his disciples like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp, then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed right out there prominently on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. You are the light of the world, Jesus reminds us. And if the light has come and lit us up, we then become the light of the world. Now, to illustrate how the light has shown, uh, we're going to illustrate it like this. I'm going to ask you to take that light that you've been given. And if you don't have one, can you slip up your hand and we'll get you one? Everyone get a light. looks like this, right? Everybody got your light? Okay. Now, this will be a uh, collectible because you have an official Aaron B. Kaisen autographed light. I wouldn't smear it. I wouldn't smudge it. I would put it away somewhere uh, because you don't know down the road what this thing is going to be worth, right? (laughs) It says, Arise, shine. And that is from Isaiah 60, verse 1, which I'm going to give you in just a moment. But I'd like us to illustrate as we dedicate this facility in prayer in just a moment. The fact that God is at work among us. So everybody got your light, and if you notice on the bottom of that is a little switch, right? So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and when I hit one that you answer yes to, I want you to switch that light on, okay? Because you are the light of the world in your corner. You're the light of the world. So we're going to dim the lights now, and I'm going to ask you some questions, right? Hang on to your light. 
I'm going to ask you, how many have come to faith in Jesus Christ through this church? Would you turn your light on? How many of you have been baptized in this church? Would you turn your light on? How many of you have been married here? How many of you have had your children dedicated here? Would you turn your light on? How many of you have met God here in some way, have been touched by him, have been healed by him, have been encouraged by him because you have been a part of what God is doing here? Would you turn your light on? How many of us know that Jesus is the light of the world who has come for us? The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. You are the light of the world. Let's pray together, church, and dedicate ourselves to that mission to take his light into the darkness. Let's pray together, church. For the glory of God the Father, to the honor of Jesus Christ, his Son, and the praise of the Holy Spirit, we pause in this moment to look back before we move forward. Lord, by your strength and by your power, we will continue to unashamedly and joyfully proclaim there is no name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In obedience to your clear command, Jesus, to go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation, we now dedicate ourselves again to the task of taking the good news and completing the great commission as we live out the great commandment to love one another. Until this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Realizing the obligation that all of us have to raise our children in training and instruction of the Lord. And for the sake of those who will come after us, we dedicate ourselves, we dedicate this place to you, O God. Obeying the command of Christ to love our neighbors as ourselves, we dedicate ourselves to the fellowship of the saints, to being a refuge to the weary, to the peace and hope of those who are oppressed, to the comfort of those who mourn, and to the encouragement of all those who share in the faith of Jesus. We, as the family and friends of Arise Church, we, the church, are deeply grateful to you, O Lord, for the heritage that has been entrusted to us, for those who have gone before us, 
And through your love, we covenant together by offering ourselves to you again, O God. To the work and the worship of our great Heavenly Father. Not to us, O Lord. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and faithfulness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And together all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Arise. Let the church arise. Church, let's sing together, shall we?